0: people can provoke you, uh, to do better, uh, to be better. Um, and then in the same time, there's a scripture in the Bible in first Corinthians 15 verse 33, it says that bad company corrupts good character. So in the same time, somebody can provoke you to, um, Anger can provoke you towards bitterness, can can provoke you towards everything that is ungodly. The Garzas are here. Oh my goodness, sorry, I just had to just take a sidebar. Welcome back, welcome back. They uh, got transferred to Beaumont, and then they realized that there's no God there, so they came back, (laughs) came back to the (laughs) woodlands. I used to live there, so I can say that. Um... (laughs) <laughs> um, but here's the, uh, here's the, the people can provoke you up. They can provoke you down. Uh, I, I was at a conference this past week. It wasn't a church conference. It was a, like a, a secular leadership conference. And, and, uh, one of the speakers, uh, was dropping the F bomb like crazy while he was talking. And, and some people, when they cuss, they make my skin crawl. Are you with me? It's just like, oh, would you please stop it? And then there's other people, I don't know if it's their accent or what, but every time they cuss, it cracks me up. I know some of you are like, dude, you're a pastor, you're not supposed to be saying that. Well, it's going to get a lot worse in a minute, so. But he was making me laugh so hard. I was crying laughing. He was a phenomenal communicator, but every time he cussed, I started laughing harder. and I was like, oh my goodness. And then something really bad happened. I left the conference. And I was talking to a buddy of mine, and lo and behold, I had to grab my... I mean, curse words were coming to my mind like lightning fast. And I was like, this would make my story so much better. This would make my point so much more effective. And then I started talking myself into it. And I'm like, what word can replace the F-bomb? And then I'm like, Frankie, are you kidding me right now? Like you're a pastor. What are you doing? And then this scripture came to my mind in Ephesians chapter four, verse 29 It says, do not let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth, except for what gives grace to the hear. And I'm like, I've never, in, well, it's been years, years. It's, oh my goodness. i like, I was a kid in high school before I was like having this wrestling match with like wanting to drop F bombs every five minutes. And I, and, and I'm just saying for me, that's a standard. But I get around this guy and all of a sudden, maybe it's not so bad. People will provoke you up. People will provoke you down. You know, it's and I want to talk to you guys about that today because at the end of our talk, I want to talk about provoking people up. When we get around them and they're around us, all of a sudden, their language cleans up. Their mindset goes to another level. Their desires go to another level. They want to be better husbands just because they're around us. Ladies? Ladies, are you out there? Come on. Men want to be better husbands when they're around us. They want to do the dishes and they want to No, I'm just kidding. All the men are like, dude, you went way too far on that one. But I want to talk about provoking. And but I want to start off talking about how Satan provokes us. And I want to start off and and lead off on how Satan provokes Jesus because he provokes us the exact same way. So watch this. In in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, can I get some water, Brother Dwayne? (coughs) Excuse me just one second. Thank you. Then Jesus, full of the Holy (coughs) Spirit... Talk to your neighbor, will you? (coughs) Just ask them what they're going to do for lunch or something. I don't know. All right. I think I'm better. Testing one, two, testing everything cool here. All right, I think I'm good. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. For 40 days, he had the whisper of the enemy in his ear. And you know it's the enemy. Here you go, Brother Dwayne. You know it's the enemy um, whenever it doesn't make you feel good. Uh, if if you are thinking a thought that is bringing you down, if you're thinking a thought that makes you feel bad, makes you feel stupid, makes you feel discouraged, just know that thought is not from God. And so for forty days straight, just whispering in his ear, whispering in his ear, whispering in his ear, and then Jesus uh, was able to push Satan back. Didn't listen to a word he said. There was kind of a conversation that took place at towards the end of that, that, that whole scene in the Bible, it reads like this in Luke chapter 4, verse 13. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Just want you to know that when Satan is whispering in your ear, and he's telling you things and he's discouraging you and he's pulling you down, if you're able to remain strong, just know that the enemy is just backing up and he's waiting for his next good opportunity. There are five opportunities, five moments that when he sees us in this state, when he sees us in this moment, he looks at that as if this is a perfect opportunity to jump into their life and to whisper in their ear. Here's the first opportunity that he looks at immediately after a great victory. Uh, Whenever uh, you are believing God for something, and it happens, if you get a job, you get a promotion, you move back to the woodlands. Anything good. You've been wanting to get pregnant, and then all of a sudden, you do. You're praying for that guy, and all of a sudden, bang, you meet him. Uh, All of these things... When you are believing for something and then it happens, it is in that moment that is an opportune time. If you're taking notes, write this down. There is great danger just after a great victory. There's great danger. We have a tendency to relax. Raise your hand in this room if there is a... um, Now, in the first service, there was a couple people that didn't vote one way or the other. And I almost brought them on the stage, all right? So raise your hand if there is, and I'm not going to ask you to share it or anything, but just raise your hand. There is a, a a request that you have towards the Lord that is a big one. It's a big one. It's a big one. Raise your hand. It's, it's, it's on your mind a lot. There you go. Wave at me. Wave, let me see it. Wave at me. See. It. All right, now put your hands down. Second category Yes, you have requests, but there's nothing real big going. There's not a big request. Life, for the most part, is smooth sailing. Raise your hand. All right? Like three. Okay. (laughs) Let me say this. The three people that raised their hand, I'm actually more concerned about their spiritual life than I am the first category. Because when you are believing God for something, you have a tendency to pursue Him because you know good and well that all good things come from heaven and you're praying, you're pursuing, you're thinking about Him. But when you go into a season where it's smooth sailing, you have a tendency to relax and drop your guard and you're not really thinking about Him as much. I'll give you an example. There was a family in our church a few years ago Every time I talked to them, they seemed to bring up, I need a new job, I need a new job, I need a new job, I need a new job. We were all praying for them to get a new job. Not only did he get a new job, but it was a massive contract. Massive. We were all shocked. But wouldn't you know, he started, he used to come to church 48 Sundays a year. We all miss church. I missed church last Sunday. That's normal. But he went from 48. All the way down to about 25. It went all the way down to like 20. Now let me ask you, was that a net win or a net loss? You see, there's certain times when you receive the victory that you've been praying for, we are most exposed. We begin to relax. Now, um, I, I'll just say, the average person in America, this is really sad to say, used to come to church once a month. Now the average person comes once every six weeks. There's a slide, there's a digression that's happening in the Western world. But what's interesting is that on the east side, um, there is an increase because we have other options over here. We got other things. Either God comes through or we start working more hours. Either God comes through or we get a better job. For the, for the other side of the world, they don't have another option. They only either God comes through or we're up the creek. <laughs> the United States, we're spoiled. We got other options. Should we go to Lake Conroe? Banana boats? Or should we go on the beach, or should we go to church? We got so many options. When you got a lot of options, you got a lot of blessings, and a lot of good things are happening. You have to be very, very careful. Be very careful. Here's the other thing, and number two, second opportune time is before a great victory. So the first one is is immediately after a great victory, and then. There's an opportune time for the enemy to jump into your life and to whisper into your ears, you haven't got the victory yet. You're believing for a victory. In the book of Daniel chapter 10, in the Bible, Daniel was praying. He was calling out to God. Nothing happened for 21 days. All of a sudden, an angel showed up on the 21st day. Read this to yourself as I read it out loud, will you? Look at the person next to you and say, read. There you go, Tom. Get, get ready to read, right? Here we go. Then he said, this is the angel. Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven and I have come to answer your prayer." But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. So there was a demon that met him in the air and blocked his way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to you, your people, in the future For this vision concerns a time yet to come. So watch this. Daniel prays. He prays to God. The minute he prayed that prayer, God dispatched an angel. An angel is coming down. Something like this. He's coming down. As he's coming down in hell, they look up and he sees an angel coming down to Daniel. And all of a sudden, he comes out of hell. Night, ching, here comes the angel, ching, and they're fighting, ching, 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 above Daniel's head, and Daniel's saying, God, are you listening to me, what in the world, God, are you even hearing me, ching, 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 I, I am your daddy, ching, ching, ching,
1: <laughs>
0: all this is happening. The angel that was coming to Daniel, he's not a fighting angel. He's a messenger angel. Wow. So he's fighting. Ching, ching. God looks down. We got a problem? Hey, Michael. Michael is the dog. <laughs> Michael is a... He, like... Come on now. I mean, he's... Michael's like, I'm ready. Ready. And all of a sudden, the messenger angel comes down to Daniel and Michael and him are up there fighting. He shows up and he goes, hey, just want you to know, it's been 21 days for you, but I got dispatched on the first day. Remember this. When you are... The closer you get to your victory, the hotter the battle gets. Just know that. Just know that. When it starts getting hot, that's just, it's like, ching, ching. There's so much going on above your head. The hotter it gets, the closer you are. But it's an opportune time. Those are two different moments. One moment, you're believing for your victory. The next moment, you already have your victory. Both of those moments are opportune times for the enemy to jump in and say, you're talking to yourself, God isn't hearing you. Both of those moments. Here's a third moment. When we are emotionally, mentally, and physically drained. When you are emot- emotionally, mentally, and physically drained. There's a guy named Elijah that had this huge victory. And then just a couple of days later, he wanted to commit suicide. You are drained. i tell you, the enemy for me can get to me quicker, easier. I I hesitate to say this because I don't need any of you trying to take care of me. So I'm just being transparent. But don't nominate yourself as the person to take care of me, okay? I've been doing this for 20 years. i figured it out. But every Sunday around 1.30, 2 o'clock, I've been up since 5.30, 5.45. Praying, speaking, preaching, talking to people out in the lobby. Around 1:30, I am cashed. I am empty. I'm driving home like on fumes. And I'm telling you, every single thought in the world will come in my head. People weren't listening. You were boring. You were skipping points in your sermon. People aren't, the visitors aren't ever gonna come back. The people that did come, didn't get anything from you. All these thoughts. All these thoughts. Why? Because anytime, here's the acronym. HALT. If you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. That is an opportune time. Let's just take a quick vote. How many of you on that list, I don't know if you have that list, So you say, of halt, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. How many of you say, when I'm hungry, everybody just needs to watch out. Go ahead, raise your hand. <laughs> watch out! I'm going to just take somebody's head off. Some of you say, okay, it's, it, it, yeah, hunger is there, but, you know, if I'm angry, just move the breakables. What about when you're lonely or you feel like you're the only one in the world? And, and it's an interesting loneliness is an interesting thing because you can be in a room like right now with hundreds of people around you and, and feel completely alone. How many of you, that's the, that's the issue, that's the battle, all right? And then what about when you're tired? Raise your hand if you're tired. Nothing good's going to happen when you're tired. I'm just saying, you do that checklist. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, time out. Because the enemy knows when you're hungry, angry, you're lonely, or tired. And when those things are happening, hell begins to increase the tenacity, increase the, ten- the, the intensity. Here's number five, opportune moment. is when we are in the house of God, when you are right here. In Psalms 26, verse 8, the psalmist says this. He says, I love the sanctuary of the Lord where the presence of god dwells i love the presence of the lord where he dwells i just want you to know that when you come into this room hell is so ticked so upset they are coming at you and sending you thoughts check your facebook check your twitter check your instagram hey Don't forget the milk on the way home today. Everything is coming to mind. And I just want you to know that it is a battle. It's an opportune time. Why? Because this is where the presence of the Lord dwells. Hell noticed that when you woke up this morning, you said to yourself, I want to go stand in the presence of God. Hell was not okay with that. That's why on the way here, it was not easy on the way here. Raise your hand if it was not easy on the way here. I'm not going to ask you if you spanked your kids. (laughs) I'm not going to ask you if you got into an argument. I'm not going to ask you if you had a headache or if you were tired or if you almost didn't come. But just raise your hand if it was one of those. There you go. See, 25% of the room just like here. And when you leave here, I can promise you, somebody in the parking lot is going to cut you off. And you're going to be like... (laughs) God bless you. <laughs> Lord bless you. Lord bless you. These are, these are opportune times where the enemy comes in. I want to talk to you. I want to shift gears now about being a provoker. Um, those are opportune times where the enemy provokes you. And I want to talk to you about being a provoker. You know, there's there's an anointing on your life when you become a child of God. There's an anointing on your life where you have the ability and the calling and the assignment to provoke people to a higher level. To provoke people, to challenge them to raise the bar. There's an anointing on your life, an assignment on your life for that. And, And corporately... Uh, We do that together. We do it individually, but we also do it corporately. You know, typically, at least once or twice on the screen, you will see that we are a source of strength. We provoke strength. We show up and give strength. A few weeks ago, a team of us went to Bogota, Colombia, and we're going to do what we do. We're going to bring strength. So we show up and and I've been on trips before, most of the team had been on trips before, so we knew what we were getting into. So we show up, we've got soccer balls to give away, we've got pens and paper and books and toys to give away to the kids. And then we also have cold cash. Every time we left, we handed them, a, uh, you know, whoever was taking care of the children, we just went from one place to the next where children were being taken care of so whenever we left, we had a pre-prepared envelope, and we gave them the envelope full of cold cash, and we go on to the next place. This is what our church does, and we were prepared. Day one, everything went as scheduled. Day two, everything went as scheduled. Making kids happy, blessing them, praying for them, teaching them about the Bible. Day three, it was a five-day trip, we all got knocked in the teeth. Because what we started finding out was is that these children have a battle that we were not aware of. Before I tell you more, I want you to take a look at this video.
1: We're in Suwacha, Colombia, right
0: now, and we're ministering to small children, about 40 or so, that come here every day to eat a meal. Sometimes it's the only meal that they get that day. And there's a lady here, I have already dubbed her the Mother Teresa of Colombia. She's 68 years old, and all she cares about is making sure that these children get fed each and every day.
2: Yo trabajo con niños de 2 a 14 años. Tengo, en este momento hay, ses- hay 60, 70, pero de esos pagan, o sea, hay 10 que no pagan, porque ellos son, se puede decir, padrinados de los mismos niños y del comedor. habían muchos niños... Sufría mucho, eh, el Señor me puso en mi, eh, yo no sé, en mi corazón, servir a los niños y me siento feliz, manejé muchos niños, muchos, muchos cantidades. El desafío más grande que tengo en este momento, o que tengo, que he tenido, es los niños. ¿Por qué? Porque lo más primordial que tenemos son, son los niños, porque ellos es el futuro de mañana uno que una ayuda yo desde que el señor me ponga en mi corazón y pueda yo los ayudo en lo que pueda ustedes aportan un grano de arroz pero sé que el señor les multiplica mucho más porque son para esas criaturas hasta el momento no me ha quedado un día sin darles un platico de comida a los niños o que llega un niño o venga un papá que venga de no sé qué mire qué Mi niño tiene mucha hambre, si usted no me puede dar a mí, no me dé, pero regalé. Yo le doy a ese niño porque el niño necesita.
1: Trabajamos duro lo que es la prevención en las adicciones. Estamos en la biblioteca, nosotros le llamamos Kazuka Kids. ese es el lugar donde los niños vienen a hacer tareas, vienen a aprender más de Jesús. Es como una escuela dominical, más o menos, ¿no? donde traemos a los más chiquitos. Cuando los sábados tenemos reunión con los más grandes, los niños vienen aquí y las mamás las ponemos aquí afuera con sillas blancas y ellos y ahí les damos la palabra de Dios la idea es eh, poder fortalecerlos en la lectura porque hoy en día todo es con internet computador y nosotros queremos hacer es que ellos lean que ellos más cultura a través del libro es lo que estamos buscando con este lugar esta es una de las esquinas más peligrosas aquí de este sector robaban mucho y muchos muertos y todo eso Cuando nosotros nos enteramos de eso, dijimos tenemos que hacer algo, pusimos aquí, le pusimos en la esquina de la reconciliación, sembramos este palo allí y le pusimos los frutos del Espíritu Santo, paciencia, paz, gozo, fe, es lo que estamos sembrando en este lugar y ahora es conocida como la esquina de la reconciliación. Dios fue bueno porque a principio de año nos llegó la policía y ahora tenemos aquí la policía que nos está cuidando del día y de noche. Básicamente es esto también.
0: So we went there and, and uh, we, we fed the children. Uh, we gave them gifts. But this was the curveball that we didn't see coming. On day three, we started talking with some of the children, and some of the kids that have grown up there. This isn't a real statistic. This is just what it... This was our statistic that we came up with. It's not scientific. But after talking with all the kids, what we realized... So there is a severe epidemic of sexual abuse towards children, towards little girls particularly, between the ages of 4 and 12. The father is raping them. And if they're lucky, they'll leave, thinking that they're going to find a safe place with a family member. But if there is a man in the house, a grandfather, happens all over again. So these little kids, they go out from family member to family member. It happens over and over again. One story in particular, um, this mother, this 17-year-old, no, maybe I think she was 21. She said, "My, my mother got remarried to this guy, and the guy hated me. And she was eight years old at the time he would look at her and he would say, what is she doing here? Get this little girl out of here. And the mother would look at her and say, you heard him, get out of here. So the eight-year-old would go sit on the curb and the girl was 21 at the time when she was telling us this and she says, I was so hungry, I was so hungry. So she would sneak back in the house, and this would go on and on, and then finally she went to an uncle's house, and then there was sexual abuse that happened there. Sometimes they figure out that if they run to a police station, they'll put them in an orphanage, and better care will happen for them, but life still isn't good. So we showed up with all these soccer balls and all these envelopes of cash to give to the people that were taking care for the kids. But then we bump into this massive issue. So we sit down with the local church that we were working with and we start talking to them about this and we're like, we feel like we're putting a band-aid on a broken arm here. And they said, no, this is a major problem. And we have a plan and we have a strategy on how we can help these little girls to build a place, to make a place where they can come to us and live. But we don't have the money to do it. And I looked at him and I said, I'm a part of one of the most generous churches in the country. We're going to help you. So what I'm going to ask for you to do is it's a little bit unique. I'm not going to ask for you to write a check today because if i ask you to write a check today that's a one-off injection we bless them one time pushes them down the road a little bit it's a it's a it's a pat on the back it's a hey we're here with you if they're going to bring these little girls in they've got to feed them they got to provide a bed for them they have to build a staff for them and so here's my challenge i want every household here to commit to give a month you say $10 is not a lot in Bogota it's a lot on every household but here's the thing I don't want you to commit to write a check to the church once a month for $10 and I don't want you to say every time I come on the first Sunday of every month I'm going to give $10 because here's the thing I do not come to church 52 times a year I miss church. I miss last Sunday. You miss church. We all miss church. Our giving cannot go up and down to this place because those girls need to eat every day. They need a place every day. So this is what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to use the Celebration Church app to open up the app, go to the giving section and click $10 a month and click automatic $10 a month. That way your giving and my giving is not reliant upon our church attendance. That we can steadily give them a stream of income to get these girls off the street, to feed them, to put clothes on their back, give them a place to stay. At any point, if you say, I don't want to give that $10 anymore, it's as easy as breathing to stop that payment. But that's what I want you to do. Now if you're sitting in this room and you say $10 for my family is really easy then make it 20 make it 15 make it 40 but my challenge is, is that every household in our church participates in $10 a month Now if you're in this room and you say look uh, you don't know me Pastor Frankie I'm I'm capable of giving $10 a month but I'm also capable of giving an injection like, I can, I can write a, a one-time check. That's a, a significant one-time check. Maybe significant is $100. Maybe significant is in the thousands. I don't know. I don't know what's significant to you. Maybe significant is 50 Whatever it is, if you want to make that one-time injection as well, then use the app twice. Make a one-time injection. Just make sure that when you scroll through for options... Just make sure that it says missions so that it goes to the right place. So I want everyone here to pull out your phones right now. I don't want you to wait for this afternoon. I want you to pull out your phones right now and I want you to do this. I want you to participate in this. Uh, We have to provoke a change. I want you to provoke a change in your family. I want you to provoke a change at the workplace. I want you to provoke a change in your home. But when we come together, we are able to do something that we cannot do individually. But we can do it corporately. And and God has blessed you and he's blessed me. Yes, we have problems. But when $10 a month makes a massive change, we got to come together and put a lot of $10 together. And make a difference. And I've got a phone appointment set up for once a month with the senior pastor over there and their staff for them to give us updates. And we'll be taking other trips down there. And I know many of you will want to go and we'll make sure that we announce it um, well in advance. But we are going to be hands on to provoke that change. Because there's a few things in this world that really, really fire me up. And at the top of the list is on little girls between the ages of four and 12 are being sexually abused. We gotta bring a stop to that. Raise your hand if you're with me. Raise your hand if you're with me. If you're able to clap, clap. Would you do it? Are you with me? Why don't you stand at your feet for me, please? Would you bow your head and close your eyes, everybody in this room? And I'd like for you to repeat after me, because we're just going to give the Lord our heart and we're going to give him our life. Everybody in the room with a raised voice, everybody, dear Jesus, I want to be used. I want to be a co-laborer with you. I want you to forgive me of all my sins. Wash my heart clean. Prepare me for a good work. Allow me to stay focused on that work. I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you. I love you. And I pray that your spiritual ears are open and your spiritual eyes are open. Anytime the enemy tries to provoke you, I want you to be able to say, Satan, I know that's you. I know that's you. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you. May his countenance be lifted up on you and deliver you. And may the grace and peace of God be with you all the days of your life. In Jesus name.